Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode on the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is AJ Vaden here today. And before I introduce my guest, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there because every so often we will do an episode that is super niche for a very unique audience. And today is one of those days. And what we're going to be talking about today is how to use a personal brand to help you if you are a real estate agent, you could be a real estate developer, a broker, you could be a loan officer, you could be in any sort of role that's kind of touching this mortgage and real estate industry. And we decided to do this because one, at Brand Builders Group, we have a ton of audience members who serve the real estate industry but also because the real estate industry is a little bit tumultuous right now. And one of the biggest questions that we get in terms of a personal brand is, well, how do I use that to actually leverage and differentiate myself to generate more leads when the market is interesting? I'll just say that. But then also, so many of people in these industries are also coming to us going, How do we diversify our income streams where the income stream that I had that's been my main thing has kind of disappeared a little bit or it's it just looks different today. And so I invited a newer friend of mine, Phil Treadwell, to be our guest on this particular show today because I got to meet Phil because I was on his podcast. And when we were talking at the end of that, I was like, you know what? I would love to have you on to talk about these niche topics on the influential personal brand. So now let me formally introduce Phil to you guys in case you don't know him. So Phil Treadwell is a mindset coach. He's a national speaker and a fellow podcaster. He's also the founder of M1 Academy. And as I mentioned, he's host of the Mortgage Marketing Expert podcast. So if you're in the real estate industry, that is a must listen to podcast. He's also received lots of cool awards like the 40 most influential under 40. Hey, but then also top 20 mortgage professionals by Yahoo Finance. So it's always good to tout some of those credentials of why we're having you on the show today. So Phil, welcome. So glad you're here. Well, thank you so much. That was an incredible intro. I'm excited to have another conversation. We covered a lot of cool topics on my podcast, and it's going to be fun to do it again. Yes. Well, I'm so excited. And I also love getting to do these super niche podcasts that serve a really you know, specific part of our audience. And so let's just jump right in. So here's the big question, right? It's like, you know, real estate's kind of crazy right now. It's up, down, all around. Interest rates are real high and making a lot of people not want to buy, which means a lot of people in the mortgage industry are going, "Uh, where's my clients? And so I'm just kind of curious, you're in this really cool, awesome, what I would say, even niche of like the real estate market of going like you really got out there and branded yourself and diversified all these things that you're doing. And so can you just talk about it for a second of what does it mean to have a personal brand in the real estate and mortgage world? I think that's a great question. At the end of the day, 
a personal brand, as you well know, needs to be about the person more so than the brand. We have some of the largest corporations on the face of the planet that are trying to personify that company. Well, mortgage and real estate, it's about the person. They work with the realtor, the loan officer, the individual person. And yet we have so many professionals in the industry that are trying to create a shtick or a logo or a brand. And we need to be continuing to emphasize it's about the person. Mm -hmm. Now, a personal brand in the context of what we want to do with it is really just differentiating yourself from everybody else that's out there. You are the uniqueness that you need to amplify. You have a specific why you do what you do. You have a unique how you do it. And so it's a matter of showcasing that with your own personality, with your own ways that you can get those people's attention. And that's really where people are are thriving, even in this market. There's opportunities in every market. I don't care whether interest rates are high and supply is low. People pay for solutions to their problems. And it's just you using your uniqueness, you as a person and your ethos as a professional to solve those problems for people. And a personal brand just gives you the opportunity to put that out at scale, put it out at a really high level for people to find you and realize that you have the solution that they need. Yeah, I love that. I remember when I started, I was part of a team of people who started our first company in 2006. What a great time to start a business in 2006. But we were so naive. We didn't know. Like We didn't know what a good market was. We definitely didn't know what a recession was. And I remember someone telling me in those first couple of years of starting our first company, and they said that during the Great Depression in the 20s, that more millionaires were formed during that 10-year period than any other 10-year period in U.S. history. It's all about how you view it, right? There's our opportunities in every market, just like you said. It's just going to be like, who's the one who perseveres, gets creative, stays persistent, and does something a little different. So what would you say are some of the things for you know, the real estate professional, the, you know, mortgage expert, what would you say, what are some of the things that you're seeing out there that really lends itself to working right now when it comes to building your personal brand? Yeah, great question. Most mortgage and real estate professionals, when they know that they need to be on social media, they know they need to be creating content. They start putting out educational content, which in and of itself is a great idea. However, We have to realize that when people get on social media, they're typically on social for a reason. In Texas, I talk about the godforsaken DMV. Now, that's not what's on the sign, but everybody that's been here knows you wait in line for hours. It's just a terrible experience. Well, when people are in that experience or you're in the waiting room in a doctor's office or in line to pick up the kids or whatever it is, and you open up Instagram or Facebook, no one's saying, man, I hope a loan officer gives me the definition of amortization. Right. That, that's not what they're looking for. They, man, I hope a realtor shows me that they just put a house under contract. Educational content is very important. It needs to be on your website, needs to be on a YouTube channel. It's good to reference. But what's working right now, which is the question that you asked, is people understanding the difference between features and benefit. We have a tendency to want to list off all the features and programs that we offer or all the things that we can do, but we don't take the time to take it one step further and show how it benefits them. So Mm -hmm. educational content can be changed from, hi, I'm so-and-so with XYZ company, and I'm here to talk about, well, the people don't ever get there because they've already swiped past it at that point in time. Instead of coming out and saying, hey, here's the biggest myth about the housing market right now. 
here's three things you need to know if you want to start investing in real estate. And coming up with a hook and letting people know, I have a solution that you need. I have an opportunity to show you how to do something. There may be a misnomer. And that's what's really working and getting people's attention when it comes to educational content. But I think the other thing where people are grasping and and really gaining a lot of ground in this market is realizing that social media is also about social proof. And what I mean by social proof is if, if five years ago, I said, you need to use AJ. She's an awesome loan officer. She's going to have an incredible process. She's going to take care of you. If she says she can get it done, she can. Five years ago, if I said, use AJ, they just went and used AJ. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is if I say, use AJ and, and go through that same spiel, they go look AJ up on social media. They go Google her and they want to see what else is out there. They want that connection. And so even people that they've built their entire business on referrals from other professionals, or they build their business on, you know, a CRM or their database or, you know, peer-to-peer type stuff, that's great. But realize people are still going to go look you up on social and you need to have some consistent content on there. You need to let them see what your cadence is, what your personality is. Let them find things in common. We are naturally drawn to people that we have things in common with. It's why when we meet someone, the weather is the first thing we talk about. It's the one thing we have in common with that person at that time. Until we realize that our aunt's brother's cousin went to the same school as you know whoever they had, and we uncover all of these things that are in common. Social media is the perfect opportunity as you build your personal brand to find these quirky little things that are about you, that you like to do for hobbies, that you notice about the world and share those with people so they can make that connection and solidify that referral that you worked so hard to get in the first place. Oh my gosh. Like we're going to have to go off on a tangent because (laughs) there are so many things that you just said that if you're just listening and you weren't really listening, you probably just let that slip by. And I cannot let that happen. So let's talk about this for a second, because these are really, really good because everyone talks about social media. Some people talk about how much they hate it and how they can't stand it. Other people don't talk about it because they're too busy on it. And right. And then there's a whole group of people who are the, I would say the educators of social media who are constantly teaching or trying to teach people how to use it. Right. And it's just like this funny combination of how this really works. But at the end of the day, Social media is a tool, right? Mm -hmm. Just like any other tool. Food is a tool, right? Our money is a tool. And there are good things and bad things about every tool, depending on how you use it. A hammer can build a house or it can be a weapon to hurt somebody. It's a tool, right? And this is like such one of my pet peeves when people go, oh, just social media is, you know, the number one just destructive thing for our youth. And it's like, as probably we could say the same thing about food or parenting or a hundred other things, right? It's a tool. So let's talk about how to use this tool effectively in business, which that's how I treat it. Like this is a business tool, right? And so I use it like I would in any other business tool, like my email. I've got to have a schedule and I've got to manage it. So there's a few things that I think are really important just to kind of come back on. As you said, ask yourself this question, or this is what I heard anyways, which was ask yourself, why are people getting on social media? And I think that's so important, just even thinking about your audience. Like everyone's audience is a little bit unique, but if you just sit there and stop for a second of going, for the people that I want to serve, the people that I actually want to work with, why are they getting on social media in the first place? Right. So I want to kind of pause and talk about this. So 
when we talk about social media, that's an overarching general statement, but there's lots of different platforms. Would you say that you would recommend one certain platform over the other for the educational topic of real estate and mortgage? You know, I don't know that I would recommend one topic. I'm a big fan of and versus or, and we get caught up in that a little bit. Now, I would say if you're going to do long form educational video type content, then you know YouTube and Facebook are probably going to be better suited for that type of content. If you're going to do short form content that drives traffic to some of these other platforms, you're going to look at reels on Facebook and Instagram or potentially TikTok. But to your point, you've got to know who is your audience. I have a, a basic marketing formula that, that I kind of walk people through. And that's the very first question. Who's your audience? Who's your target market? Who is it you're trying to serve? The next question in there is what problem do you solve? What value do you provide? Message do you provide that particular audience? And then the third piece of that is what's the most effective medium to deliver that solution to that audience? And so where to find that audience is very dependent upon what problem you're solving, what message you're providing so that you can create the most effective medium. Because especially in real estate, we have a lot of people that know a team that creates a lot of leads with a YouTube channel. So I'm going to go out and create a YouTube channel, or I love the you know podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I'm going to go start a podcast. Well, the reason I started a podcast specifically was I was a regional manager that was trying to reach more people and add value to their business that I could network with, potentially recruit. And I felt like a podcast was the most effective medium to deliver a valuable advice to build their business. I didn't know a lot of loan officers that sat on YouTube for hours. I didn't know a lot of them that were even really on social mm -hmm. media a ton because this was around 2018. But I did know people that listened to Audible and listened to podcasts because they could do it in their car. They could, you know, while they're at the gym walking around the house, even the background at work. So the platform is super important from the standpoint of, is it the best place to give this message to that audience? Now, we all know too, Facebook is kind of aging up or has continued to age up for a while. So if you're looking at Gen Xers or older, Facebook is a great platform for you. Instagram is going to be solidly millennials. You know, TikTok has been Gen Z, but I'm going to be honest, there's probably as many millennials or more than there is Gen Z on TikTok anymore. So a lot of it is about posting content different places and really understanding, is my audience there? Mm -hmm. When I post a video, even now, and I've spent a lot of time, you know, researching some of this stuff, having conversations and testing content, I still take the same video and I post it on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube shorts, LinkedIn, and TikTok to really understand, okay, the message of that video, the problem that I'm solving there, is that audience on that platform resonating with it or not? So again, the audience and who you're trying to reach is very important. But when determining that platform, I think that that, that messaging in there is a the critical piece. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting. And I just want to reiterate what you said. It's like one, for all of you listening, this doesn't matter what industry you're in, but it's like, until you know who is your core target audience, the rest of this is a moot point. It's like, yes. if you don't know that you're just slinging mud on the wall and hoping some of it sticks, just isn't a good strategy, right? It's just not. So step one is you've got to really know demographically and psychographically speaking who your core target audience is. And then I love this part of what you said. It's And then you need to know why 
they're getting on social media, right? Like to your point, it's like, if you're, if this is a way to, you know, kill 15 minutes at the DMV, do I really want to know what, you know, definition of amortization is? Probably not. I want something that's quick, light, you know, probably more inspirational or entertaining in that moment. But if I was going to sit down and go, hey, and I'm trying to learn something, would I go to Instagram or would I go somewhere else, right? If I really wanted to have an in-depth conversation about what's happening with interest rates in the mortgage world, I probably am not going to Instagram in general for me, right? And that might be different from your audience, but those are the questions that you've got to be asking. And I think that's so good. It's just sitting there going, why would my audience get on this platform in the first place? Am I appealing to that? Or am I automatically going, no, I don't, that's not what I'm getting on here for. I don't want this. That's exactly all right. All the work and effort you're doing feels like it's not working because you're just doing it wrong. Yeah. You bring up a great point around what they're getting on there for, because it goes back to this conversation in business about solving someone's problem in those environments where people are trying to escape and they want to be entertained or inspired, you need to solve that problem. They're going to pay you in time and they're going to give you their attention for that solution. So your content does need to be entertaining. And I will say when it comes to a well-rounded personal brand, I believe the majority of your content needs to be about who you are, not just what you do. Mm -hmm. And that's really what people like, right? Facebook stalking is a term for a reason. Chelsea Pite's a good friend of mine, a great real estate, social media marketer and coach, says there's magic in the mundane. Mm -hmm. The things that we don't think are interesting, that we don't really care about, that's actually the stuff that's gold. There's a couple of quick examples I have an all black German shepherd and we have a bunch of trails in the neighborhood around our house. And every time I post a video or a picture of me walking my dog, I get a ton of people that you know send DMs or comment on it or whatever. And the other one is years ago, I took a picture of a wing, just a wing pick out the window and put airport code to airport code. And so many people message, where are you going? What are you doing? And I continued to do that to now where part of my quote personal brand is wing picks. And so mm. on my Instagram, there's a highlight of just dozens and dozens of wing picks from whenever I've traveled for different things. And as I've started to share that story with people, I now get five to 10 people a week that take a wing pick and tag me in it. And it's become part of this relatability that you have with people. I think it's important as you're thinking about this, this question that you're posing, why are people getting on social media? I think it's to relate to people. And so the content needs to be relevant. If you're working with first-time home buyers, you're typically going to be uh, steering towards a younger demographic in most cases. So what type of content do they want to mm -hmm. see so that they can see some of your mortgage content, but showcasing the other stuff first? And I'm not saying you need to do trendy dances on TikTok. You're not going to see me doing any of that. <laughs> At the same time, they may really like inspirational videos. They may not like mm -hmm. gratitude stories. There's a lot of things that are going to draw them in and keep them in your ecosystem, keep them as a follower and a connection that they stick around long enough to see the mortgage content, right? Marketing is about getting someone's attention. And I think we just need to keep that in mind. Yeah. And I love what you said too earlier. It's at the end of the day, I think this was like the second thing that I wrote down, a really good reminder to everyone. It's like a personal referral isn't even enough anymore. It's like, like you said, five years ago, you say, hey, use AJ. And it's like, great, I'll use AJ. But now it's like, 
well, let me learn about AJ, right? And that's because the ease of doing so is like, Mm-hmm. What does AJ have to say? And do I align with her? Because I could easily go to my other three friends and get three more personal referrals, right? And I think right. there's a lot of that too. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit as well of you know this idea of you've got to have some sort of digital presence today with a business mindset, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, clearly, you know, I believe in this. And anyone listening knows I believe in this, this is my business. It's really true. It's like, People are going to go to Google and type in AJ Vaden. And it's like, what pops up or what doesn't pop up? And it's right. like, if I go, I don't care who you recommended me to, because I do this all the time. I'm like, I need a new dentist. I need a new hairstylist. I need a new, if there's no website, there's no chance I'm using you. I don't care how much you tell me you're awesome. Hi, it's AJ Vaden. And thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Right. If I can't find Google reviews or some sort of social proof, I'm out because I'm just like, who did you refer me to? I don't even have a website. There's no reviews. There's no social media. I would just love to hear your opinion on for this unique industry, right? I'm just calling it the real estate industry, mortgage included. What's enough? Like, right. Like what's the bare minimum and what would be like, this is what you should have. Yeah. That's a tough question because it obviously is subjective to each person. I get a lot of questions around how often should I post? How much is too much? What's not enough? And my answer that I give about the frequency of posting is you need to be consistent. If it's once a day or it's once a week or a few times a month, I don't know that there's necessarily a wrong answer so long as you're consistent because people will look at your profile and see, okay, you posted three days ago, but the last post before that was six months ago and it was three months before that or two years before that, right? People do pay attention to that. So I think it needs to be consistent more so than anything. I also think, like I've said before, there needs to be a good mix between personal and business content. I'm very much about reputation management, reviews, testimonials, things like that are very important. But you also have to be careful in that reputation space within real estate and mortgage. I did a a podcast with a guy named Scott Harris, who's the CEO of experience.com. It used to be yeah. social survey. And so Scott's a, I, a, a I know super, that name. I yeah. know Scott. I was like, this sounds yeah. so familiar. Yeah. Scott is a friend of mine who's been on the podcast several times. And he was telling a story about a guy who was a top producer and was just having a, a bang out year, you know, 2020, 2021. And one of his best friends ended up buying a house, but didn't use him as his loan officer. Now, to his credit, the loan officer went to his friend and said, hey, you know, just curious, did you felt like you didn't couldn't use me or whatever? And the response was super interesting. The friend said, hey, I knew that my wife and I would have a ton of questions and we really needed to understand the process better. And I noticed that you kept posting that you guys were having record months and you were doing all these transactions and doing all this volume and we didn't want to slow you down. 
And I think that that's powerful for people to realize some of these things that we put out there to boost our reputation can potentially be working against you. So reviews and testimonials are good, but whenever we try to, what I kind of do ego posts where we kind of stroke our ego a little bit, sometimes that can have the opposite effect. There's ways to show your experience, your credibility, position yourself as an expert within that context of that personal brand without deterring from it. So again, the frequency just needs to be consistent and mix it up, but just be careful. Why is your audience on there? They're not on there to see that you have, you know, all of these accolades and that you've done all this stuff. There's a time and a place for that. And a lot of times that's not on social media. That's save that for your website. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's really good. Now that lends me to another really quick question. And then I'm going to change directions on us here. Do you think that in this world, social media is enough? Or do you really think people need to have, even if it's like a quick splash page or just a one page landing page, do you really think people need to have a website or a blog or a podcast or is social media enough? I personally believe you need a website. Now, I'm not saying it has to be a super robust website, but at the end of the day, your website, in my opinion, is your digital business card. Your social media platforms are going to cater different types of content to different people. But social media is also about directing all of that attention someplace. If marketing is about getting someone's attention, we don't really make any money on marketing. What we make money on is sales, where we create a customer. And that's a lot of times more difficult to do, if not impossible, for most in mortgage and real estate to do. You need to have a website. You need to have a place that you can drive traffic. You need to have some type of a call to action in that way. Again, it doesn't need to be complicated, but having that is extremely important in today's day and age, for sure. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I'll just share one really quick thing. If you're going, I a website. Here's just one really quick thing that I learned that's really helpful in an interim. If you don't have the time or the resources to actually go and get, even if it's a mediocre one-page website, which quite honestly today is, you could probably whip something up for 1500 bucks if you just use a template. Let's just say you don't even have time or capacity for that. Just at least go buy your name. Just by, you know, in my case, ajvaden.com and then have it redirected to whatever your most robust social media profile is, right? And it's like, I did that for years when I was like, I don't have time for this. So I just had it redirect to my LinkedIn profile until you're ready to do whatever. So, but at least secure your name and have it a redirect somewhere. Would you say that could be a good workaround for the very short? A hundred percent. Yeah. And there's lots of places. Like I'm a big fan of Linktree. Mm-hmm. You know, buy your name, philtrudwell.com, ajvaden.com, and point it to a link tree where you have your different social profiles. You have some other resources that you can point them to. So I'm a big fan of that. And you can yeah. get link tree for free, or you can get it for a few dollars a month and, and do some customization. So yes, I totally agree. But I think in mortgage and real estate, almost every company that you work for, if nothing else, should have some type of a landing page with your picture and information on it in their standardized template. And if you don't have anything else, use that. You still need to have some place to drive that traffic. And one thing that I want to make sure of when we talk about social media being enough is I have a personal belief that social media is about creating relationships. It's networking in the 21st century. You have to take the relationships offline. You can't just have conversations with people, at least in mortgage and real estate, and expect to have a long-term sustainable foundation for a business 
by simply just trying to interact with people online. Now, what does offline mean? It doesn't necessarily mean in person. That might be email, that might be text, that might be in the DMs, but it can't just be in the interaction on the social media profiles because you've got to, at some point, create relationship. And Uh most of my close professional and personal relationships started on social media, started online, but where you really gain traction and get through that process, which is why we create a personal brand is to meet people, create that attention. But relationships are typically done offline or at least in a mechanism that's person to person and not just out there in the the social media ecosystem. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so, so important. And again, if you didn't catch that, it's like social media is networking in the 21st century, but at some point you got to take it off of comments and likes and you've got to have some sort of other engagement. Otherwise, it's not going to go much further than that. So I love yes. that. It's such a great reminder of, again, it's a tool to get you to a place, but then you've got to transfer and use another set of skills in that case, right? 100%. Now, on this topic of using social media and other things, both online and offline, one of the other things that we have heard a ton from our audience who happens to be in this you know, real estate affiliated industry in some sort, there's lots of things we could talk about there, is going how do I diversify my income and revenue when I'm going, okay, maybe I'm seeing a little bit of a sign of like, I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. So what would you say, what have you seen out there or even for yourself or some ways that you can still be a loan officer, a real estate professional, but also start to expand a little bit by utilizing your personal brand, utilizing a platform that you've been building to, you know, get some diversified income streams? This is a good question. I've not actually been asked this question before, and I've done hundreds of episodes of my podcast and been on a lot of others into the hundreds as well. So I love this question. And I think my first instinctive answer is let's go ahead and take some of our own advice. Meaning if we're teaching people how to build wealth with real estate, a great way is to invest in real estate yourself. Mm. You're going to create that much more credibility by saying, hey, I actually own a couple of rental properties or I have some Airbnbs or VRBOs. And now I can show you in a different way how to utilize these things as well. I mean, there's even here in DFW, some top loan officers that make more money, passive income through their real estate portfolio and things that they've built on the side than they even make especially now in their mortgage business. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I would think of. The second thing I would think of is as you're building a personal brand and creating a following, there's lots of ways that you can quote monetize that. And I almost hate that phrase because as having a podcast for five years, one of the first questions people asked for so long is, well, how do you make money with that? How do you monetize that? I used it to build the brand and it created awareness and it created opportunities to get a different position, get a better job, to you know create more of what I was doing. I monetized it with my position. But there does come a certain point where if you have a podcast or if you have a lot of social media following or YouTube channel, that you can start doing affiliate things. If you have an audience of a specific amount of people and there's a certain type of products that that audience really needs or wants, there are ways to make money on advertisements or affiliates or things of that nature by just spreading the word about products you know that you believe in. So once you create a certain amount of attention and following, 
There are numerous ways that you can do that. And I know a lot of people that have made their side hustle, their full-time hustle, and you can still participate in real estate. You can still be a loan officer by pursuing this thing. In today's day and age, entrepreneurship is you know, obviously kind of a buzzword, you know, in the eighties and nineties, I mean, you didn't have a job and then now it's, you know, this key to financial freedom. But for most of us, it's about really staying consistent and persistent over time. And as those things build up, it opens up so many opportunities. So the answer for those that haven't built a brand yet is you need to spend a lot of time doing that and you'll find all kinds of ways to monetize it. And whether you have a personal brand or not, you can invest in real estate and start doing the things that you're teaching people to do already. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so good. And I'm going to just throw this in because I you mentioned this, like you were just on a two and a half week jaunt around the country. And I think speaking would be yes. one. It's like, yes. no, you've got to have expertise and you have to have some stage presence. But how did you get into that? All right. So how did you make the transition from regional manager to podcast hosts, to, you know, you've got content, you're speaking. So walk somebody through the trajectory of like, okay, this is what it really looks like if you're interested. It was a happy accident. You know, I started the podcast to build my region and all kinds of cool things happened because of that. I was able to speak on some panels at industry level conferences that you're not necessarily getting paid for. They may cover your ticket to the event. But then you start networking with a lot of people. And I think there's a ton of mortgage and real estate professionals right now, regardless of how big your business is, that has a specific area of expertise that you can reach out to industry events and say, hey, I have a proficiency for this. I'd like to know, is there anywhere in your event where that makes sense for me to be a panelist or for me to have a little short spot where I can just kind of share this thing and have it very defined? And then from there, as you start meeting other speakers and you start continuing with your craft, I've never been to an event where they've reached out to me to speak that they haven't said, hey, who else do you know that might be a fit mm -hmm. for this event? So networking with people and clearly defining at each step of the way, here's what I talk about. Here's what I like to do. Here's you know where I've gotten good responses. And so that's really what happened for me in short is I created the podcast that opened up opportunities on an industry level. And then as I continued, you know, that part of my mortgage career as a regional and a national director, and I started doing some other things outside of that from, you know, doing some coaching and, you know, monetizing the podcast. Again, I continued to network with as many people as I could doing the things that I wanted to do. I took a few workshops on showing up better in communication and speaking to where I all of a sudden someone reached out and said, Hey, we want you to, you know, fly to this place and speak. We're going to cover your travel and your ticket. We can't really pay you anything. But at that particular event, there was a Hall of Fame football player that spoke right after me. And then Rudy Rudiger, if you've ever seen the movie Rudy. And so it was me and then Darren Woodson, who's a Hall of Fame cowboy football player and ESPN commentator. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get paid for this event, but all of a sudden I'm on stage with these people. And then it just turns into, you know, paid speaking gigs. And so there is a huge opportunity, especially for mortgage and real estate, because there's so many types of businesses within our business. Not all real estate teams are the same. Not all mortgage teams are the same. So whatever your skill is, listen to podcasts on it, read books on it, get educated, take workshops, invest in yourself. And then come up, here is what I'm good at. Here's what I'm proficient at. Here's what I love talking about. I can bring some passion to. 
And then literally start asking people to do that. I still will reach out to events and say, all the speakers you have on there, I love what they're doing. I have some friends on there. Here's where I think I can add value. And then there's at the same time, other places that reach out and say, we want you to come you know, speak at our event. That's become something I really enjoy doing and, and want to do a lot more of. And there's opportunities for everybody, especially in this space to be able to do that as well. I love that so much. And I think that's such a great reminder. And the number one thing that I gleaned from what you just shared is sometimes the best opportunities are not the ones that you get paid for. That's right. But you've got to be willing and you've got to, you know, be a little opportunistic. And yes. it's like you're going to get paid eventually. You just may not get paid in that moment. And I yeah. know so many people who are turning things down because it didn't offer to pay. And I'm like, well, have you ever been paid before? No. Well, it's like, <laughs> go then That's say right. yes. Right. And I think, you know, in context, I probably did. Mm, I don't want to exaggerate, but probably close to 300 presentations before I ever got paid for one. Yeah. My whole business was going out and doing free presentations and hopes that at the end, you would let me talk about buying a ticket to one of our big events. Right. So right. I did hundreds of hundreds upon them before I ever actually took money to go do one. Yes. And I, that is such a great reminder of like, man, the gift is in the practice. It's in honing the skill. It's in the networking. It's with who you meet. Like that's how you get paid until one day you get paid even more. Yes. So there's two quick things that I want to put an exclamation point on that. The first one was this last two and a half weeks, I spoke eight times in five different cities and as I came back and was kind of debriefing with, with my coach and my mentor, a guy who's done TED Talk and has a very high speaking fee and really coaches me on this side of my business. And he was just asking me to kind of give my impression on it. And the first thing that came to mind is almost exactly what you just said. There were things that I learned throughout each of these hour long, you know, on stage, me talking to an audience, you know, speaking events. There's things that I learned that I could only have learned by doing that thing. And we need to remember that you can't dial in something. You can't get better at something. You can't fix something that you're not actively doing. You have to do the reps. You have to take action. Action is the most important piece of this entire thing. And I don't want that to fall flat with people. And the other part of that is what you said as well. Go out and do it. How many times are we doing presentations to clients or to as loan officers presenting to realtors? If your realtor's presenting to, you know, home buyer workshops or whatever, find those things in there that you're good at. Start talking about those things over and over and build up those reps because later on, that's exactly what people are going to pay you a lot of money to do because you spent the time flexing that muscle. So good. And such a good reminder to all of us. And I probably come up with like five more questions that I'm like, I know everyone is going to want to hear. However, we're out of time. And so if you really want to learn more about what's happening in the industry and how to build your personal brand, to grow your business, diversify your income streams, then I would encourage you to go check Phil out at his website. You can go to philtreadwell.com. I will spell that out in the show notes, but it's philtreadwell.com. You can also go follow him on all the social media sites, which is everything is at philtreadwell. So Instagram, do you have a social media platform of choice that you want people to go to? I mean, Instagram is probably where I'm most active, but I'm active on all the socials. If you DM me on one of the social media platforms, I'll get it and I'll respond. 
Awesome. Phil, thank you so, so much for being here. So many good nuggets, so many good tips. And y'all, so much of this is transcends the real estate industry. This is just good business advice. But I think for this unique opportunity to serve the real estate mortgage professionals and our audience, this one's for you. Stick around for my summary episode next, and we'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 